Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Detroit Free Press, I'm Robin Chan with today's voice briefing. It's Thursday, February 22nd, 2024. I'm Clara Hendrickson for the Detroit Free Press. Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel announced charges stemming from her office's investigation of the successful Unlock Michigan petition drive that resulted in the repeal of the emergency powers law Governor Gretchen Whitmer used to issue orders during the COVID-19 pandemic. Nessel's office uncovered evidence that former Senate Majority Leader Mike Shirky, a Republican, intentionally solicited funds through a pair of nonprofits tied to him to fund the Unlock Michigan petition drive, skirting campaign finance disclosure requirements. Shirky won't face criminal charges because he isn't legally connected to the nonprofits as a director, Nessel said. But a pair of longtime Lansing operatives with years of political fundraising experience faced charges related to allegations that they enabled a dark money scheme and then lied to government officials in a cover-up attempt. Nestle used a news briefing Wednesday announcing the charges to double down on her calls to changes to state campaign finance laws, calling Michigan's system, quote, fundamentally broken. I'm Kylie Martin with the Detroit Free Press. During World War II, the Tuskegee Airmen made history as the first black pilots to enter the military. A little less known, however, is that many of the Tuskegee Airmen spent time training at Selfridge Airfield, now Selfridge Air National Guard Base, just over 30 miles up the coast of Lake St. Clair from Detroit. The Airmen learned to fly training planes down in Tuskegee, Alabama, starting in 1941, but when they learned to fly operational planes or had to learn any other special skills, they had to go elsewhere. By 1943, the U.S. was preparing to invade southern Italy and North Africa. They needed their pilots to be ready to fly over the Mediterranean Sea, so they sent them to Selfridge where they could practice flying over large bodies of water. The airmen spent most of their time in training, but when they were able to get leave, they traveled down to Detroit or as far as Chicago where, according to historians, they were happy to be around a bigger community of African Americans than they had back home. On base, however, conditions were not so good. Selfridge was known for having particularly prejudiced views for the time, going as far as to segregate and disrespect African-American officers against the military's rules. This conflict came to a climax when a white commander drunkenly shot an African-American soldier who was supposed to chauffeur him after the commander declared that he refused to be driven by anyone other than a white soldier. The commander was court-martialed but only reduced in rank, which led people to begin to protest the leniency of his sentence. After that, many Tuskegee Airmen at Selfridge were transferred to a base in Kentucky. Other airmen remained at Selfridge through 1944 until they were transferred to an airfield in South Carolina. Despite the racist practices trying to hold them down, the Tuskegee Airmen proved to be essential to winning the war in Europe. In recognition of the airmen's accomplishments, President Harry Truman signed an executive order in 1948 to desegregate the military making the U.S. Armed Forces the first institution in America to end the physical separation between blacks and whites, kickstarting the civil rights movement. I'm Andrew Burkle with the Free Press Sports Department. And on Wednesday, the Michigan basketball program was dealt yet another major blow. It's no secret this Michigan basketball season has been anything but smooth. 
from an early season health issue for head coach Dewan Howard to alleged infighting within the program to a suspension for road games for the Wolverines' best player, Doug McDaniel. This truly has been a nightmare season for the Maize and Blue. Now with a record of 8-18, eight and 18, Michigan will be without one of its most valuable players for the remainder of the season. The Wolverines announced on Wednesday that forward Olivier Kamois will undergo surgery on his wrist and will miss the rest of the year as he's expected to be out for three or four months. Kamois has started every game for the Wolverines this year and averaged an impressive 14.8 points and 7.1 rebounds while shooting 51.2% from the field. The Wolverines program had nothing but great things to say about Kamwa, with Howard saying in a statement, quote, From the moment he stepped on campus, he brought maturity, class, insight, and leadership. I truly feel blessed that I was able to learn a tremendous amount from him, both on and off the court. He was a true warrior playing with this injury. Kamwa transferred to Michigan after playing four years at Tennessee and was granted a fifth year because of COVID. But even with the injury, he's now out of eligibility. It's certainly a sad way for Kamwan to end his collegiate career, and for the Wolverines, it felt like the cherry on top of a seemingly never-ending, frustrating year. Now the Wolverines will travel to Northwestern to play the Wildcats tonight, looking for just their fourth Big Ten win of the season. We'll have to do it without two of their best players. Find more from the Detroit Free Press on Freep.com. That's F-R-E-E-P.com. Thanks for listening, and you'll hear more from us tomorrow.